And I do have some open lines, so uh, I know everybody's got lots of things to do today, and I have plenty of things to talk about, but uh, I just as soon not have to do a monologue. I enjoy visiting with you just like I enjoy visiting with Jan, who's the next person up. Good morning, Jan. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a, I have a big split leaf uh, philodendron. Okay. On my front on my front porch in a big pot. Okay. And um, it you know it doesn't like the cold weather and it I've it's gotten so big that it's really difficult to free uh, to cover in a freeze. Uh huh. And so I'm wondering if uh, you know it's got that woody stem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if I can trim it down some, if I trim into that woody, uh, trunk, will it come back? It probably will. But first of all, let me be sure what kind of plant you have. Is this the one that has kind of big finger like leaves, has a leaf on sort of a long stem that comes out? Yes. Okay. That's not really a splitly philodendron. That's what we call a philodendron siloam. And uh, the the true split leaf is a, a whole different plant that's strictly a house plant. I'll tell you what I would consider doing with that philodendron siloam. And you're here in San Antonio? Yes, uh-huh. That plant has to get awfully cold before it's really going to freeze. I mean, it will go down probably into the teens before it's even going to get any damage. So oh, I okay. think that you're probably covering it unnecessarily. And, yes, you could cut it back. Yes, it will branch out from the base. Now, those new tender leaves coming out would be much more susceptible to freeze damage. So I'm going to tell you to wait till early spring to do any severe cutting back. But my advice would be, unless we get, you know, unless they tell you it's going to go to 12 degrees, I would just not cover it. If it freezes, let Mother Nature cut it back for you. If you have frozen leaves, you simply go trim them off. But, you know, nine years out of ten, philodendron siloam comes through the winter with no damage whatsoever. So I think you're doing a little bit more work than you need to do. Now, if you had a true split leaf, if you have philodendron pertussum or monstera deliciosa, two different names for a true split leaf, yeah, you would have to get that inside but the plant you have is a lot more cold hardy than you're giving it credit for being oh okay yeah i try to cover it every year but i think i will try it. well if it's going to get below 20 degrees if it's going to get into the teens yeah it might be worth trying to cover but um stop worrying about it uh these days when it gets to 29 degrees or 32 degrees it's going to go right on growing and look just fine without your help Wonderful. That's great news. Thank you very much. <laughs> you are certainly welcome. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Um, Goodbye. Bye-bye. All right. Richard and John are my next two callers. Good morning, Richard. How you doing, Bob? I'm great. How about you? Not too bad. Good. This was the first year I attempted growing radishes. Okay. I'm growing them in an earth box, and I didn't annotate the calendar when I planted them, so I'm trying to find out when do I know they're right, because I picked one yesterday that was about the size between a ping pong and a golf ball, and it was growing above the soil, not uh-huh. under the soil, and it wasn't as crunchy as I'm used to. Well, I don't know when to pick them. Um, it depends on the variety. I think you let it go a little long, 
and uh, you're always going to have part of the the bulb, as it were, above and below the ground. And when it's shiny, it's probably going to be at its maximum crispness. When it uh, starts getting a little dull-colored, it's going to be a little bit pithier, and it's not going to have nearly as much flavor. But um, look, do you remember the variety? Was it Sparkler? Was it Cherry Bell? Do you remember which variety of radish it was? It was just a seed that a packet I picked up at Walmart. <laughs> Okay. Well, there are probably 15, 20 different varieties of radishes that do well here. And usually the, the, the seed packet will give you some idea of the size to harvest them. But there's something called a watermelon radish that uh, will be good if it's five inches across. Uh, there are others like French breakfast radish that should be picked when it's less than an inch in diameter. They're the so-called icicle radishes, which may stay narrow, but which may get to be five or six inches long underneath the soil so um you know it a lot is going to depend on what variety of radish you grow and that's why i can't really tell you pick them at exactly this size but i will tell you one of the funniest things that i remember happening in recent years i was teaching one of my spring classes on vegetable gardening and I had this guy, he said, oh, man, do I ever grow radishes? I grew 15 varieties, and I must grow 5,000 radishes. And I said, you much really like radishes. He said, no, I really can't stand them. And I said, well, why do you grow so many? He said, because they're so easy. You know, that's not a good reason to grow radishes. So look at the different varieties. I'm going to tell you, and by the way, the seeds will be pretty cheap wherever you get them. But look at Cherry Bell. Look at French Breakfast. Look at Sparkler. Those are just three varieties that come to mind that will be very good and tasty when they're the size uh, of a big marble. And then if you want to branch out and start growing some of the bigger varieties, by that time you will have really learned at what size to harvest them. The other thing about growing radishes is, and I'm, you must have discovered this if you've grown big radishes, but you really do have to thin them out. And one thing about radishes, just as little sprouts, they're very tasty, they're very nutritious. You don't have to wait for them to get a big root before you harvest them and enjoy them. Okay. Also, am I too late for uh, green onions and carrots? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, onions are, green onions uh, are just the stage at which you harvest the onions. Uh, all the nurseries were late getting their onion plants in this year because it was so wet. The people that produce them simply couldn't get in the fields to harvest them. So it's a great time to plant onions. Give them about six weeks to grow and then just start harvesting. And you can have onions all through the winter months and then leave a few of them to have big bulb onions later in the spring. Okay. Thank you much. Call me whenever I can help. Thanks for the call, Richard. Goodbye. All right, it's going to be uh, John next, and then it'll be Robert and Steve. Good morning, John. Good morning, Bob. Good beautiful morning. morning isn't it? It's a beautiful morning out there. Yes, sir. You know, you had a caller a little while ago asking about spinach to grow in the summertime. And right. Stuff. When uh, we were growing up, and I never realized, I just saw an article really how healthy these things are. Yeah. But dandelion. Yeah. Uh, grows like crazy in the summertime, and as long as the uh, you're back away from the road a little bit, apparently the leaves are very healthy, the roots are healthy, and even the flowers healthy. You are exactly right. And dandelions, while purslane is the same way, there are lots of good <laughs> things that uh, that people turn their nose up because somebody told them they were a weed. But you're exactly right. Dandelion greens, and you can harvest dandelion greens through most of the summer, and uh, 
they're a little bit different flavor, a little bit stronger than most spinaches are, but uh, they are very healthy. And they, in this case, uh, a, a weed is uh, not a good description. Any plants you don't like might be a weed, but uh, dandelions, especially the smoother-leaved ones, um, are very nutritious and actually quite tasty. Yeah, Mom used to make it just like she would make spinach. Yeah, yeah. She would put a little bacon, a little bacon in it, maybe a little egg or something like that. I don't know oh, what yeah. it was, but oh yeah, a little bacon, little uh, little uh, bacon grease. Uh, if you have a if you have a big dog, you maybe want a little bit more uh, circumspect in where you harvest those uh, yeah. those dandelions. But other than that, dandelions uh, are a great green. But we 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 we've been killing it so much with the, the uh, lawn fertilizers and things. Well, if you get in a good organic lawn fertilizer, you're not hurting dandelions at all. You're just making your grass grow so well that they tend to choke them out. Do not even think about eating them if you're putting out a weed and feed product or something like that because they're going to be loaded with a toxic carcinogen called 2,4-D and maybe some others, atrazine, some of those. But if you're on an organic program, fertilizer is not going to do anything but make them grow better until the grass gets so strong it chokes them out. Well, it wouldn't. That could be a really good ground cover because I'll tell you what, uh, they seed themselves really well. <laughs> good luck convincing your neighbors of that, but you're right. <laughs> you're right. Uh, for somebody who lives out in the country, it might be a good backyard thing or, or, or a separate lot or something. Yeah, I appreciate the thought. Anything I can help you with this morning? No, that was just what I wanted to share. I appreciate you doing it. Thanks, John. We'll talk again. And right now I'll talk to Steve. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, sir. Morning. Uh, I'm getting ready to replant my blackberries. Okay. And uh, I don't know what varieties I planted. I was stupid. I didn't mark them. And, <laughs> no, you were uh, you were human, and uh, <laughs> and you learned a lesson. You know that's what Will Rogers said. Said good judgment comes mainly from experience, which comes mainly from bad judgment. So Amen. you just had a little Amen. bad judgment not marking them. But uh, did you have ones you like? Were they big, small? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where I'm, I normally order from Walmart Nursery because I'm going to order probably twenty five, and that's a lot more affordable. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But the last ones I had. I had a, a medium berry that was erect, and it was great. They okay. all filled out. And then I had a very large, more prostate berry. Uh-huh. Uh, and that gummit, they didn't fill out. They had spots that didn't get fertilized, and that was year after year. I said, hey. I'll never do that again. How often but, do you water your blackberries? Well not enough <laughs> okay <laughs> so don't blame the blackberry you know okay. if it's not filling out it's it's probably the grower rather than necessarily uh, you know the blackberry itself and i i say that because very few people including me water their blackberries as much as they should hot summer months you need to be soaking those blackberries a couple of times a week or even a little bit more and when you get berry that's not filled out it's it's probably because it's staying too dry and if you're plants are not doing well from year to year if you're not having your plants bigger and better every year you're not watering enough during the dormant season and uh you know mea culpa i'm guilty too i'm gonna have to replace some berries because i've simply haven't spent as much time in the in the fall garden as i normally do because i've been working on other projects but if you want my advice on varieties 
first of all, I have never found a thornless berry that does well here. So, Amen. I'll never do that again. Yeah. I. But if you want, in my opinion, the sweetest, tastiest, most prolific, pretty fair-sized berry, look for a variety called Roseboro, R-O-S-E-B-O-R-O. Gotcha. Some people spell it B-O-R-O-U-G-H. That's right. You bet. That is my... Iowa. Kiowa. I'm going to plant two varieties. I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket. Yeah. Um, Kiowa would be a good second variety to plant. Um, the, uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember what the or, old standard. Mac and Bryson is also on their list. Yeah. No, I, I, I would stick to, uh, I would stick to those two and I go heavier on Roseboro. Um, the old, uh, Brazos berry is not a big berry, but if you want the most dependable berry out there, Brazos is a variety you might want to think about planting. It's not a real big berry. It's a very th- oh, we, we, we've grown it before. It's, yeah. it's very very thorny, but uh, it's, it makes a it, it makes a great it's tart. Yeah, but it makes a great berry for for jellies. And jellies. Well, if you like if you like that, I'd plant Brazos and I'd plant a Roseboro. I think those are probably two of the strongest varieties you'll find for this area. Great. So. Um, I want you to have a happy holiday. Well, I wish you the same. And, uh, you know, whatever faith, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, which is past now. But uh, <laughs> just uh, just remember to be thankful. That's what I wish. You know, I've spent the past couple of weeks a lot of time on the road delivering poinsettias. And I see all these people that I just think they are, shall we say, not in the proper spirit of the holiday season. <laughs> I understand the frustration of being stuck in traffic. But, man, everybody needs to lighten up and smile and just enjoy this for what a beautiful season it is is so uh hope you and your family experience a really good one amen thank you sir have a great day you do the same thanks for the call steve (laughs) goodbye all right back to the phone lines back to gardening and we visit with robert good morning robert good morning good morning sir i had an uh, an uh uh-oh moment last night I was at the Armadillo Christmas Bazaar talking to a friend who has a, I would call it an alternate home. Okay. Down there, uh, Devil's Backbone, which oh, is pretty a area. Name. Yeah. And he lives on a he lives on a street called Ghost Dancer. Doesn't that grab you? <laughs> <laughs> he he was asking me about uh, rainwater, and we were talking about it. And um, we have Susan and I just gone through an exercise when we moved into this home of choosing our water filter and. After a bit of research, I decided against reverse osmosis because it uh, creates acid water. Um, and it wastes, the, wastes a lot of water. Yeah. Yeah, that too, um, for sure. Uh, of course, you don't drink that much water. So, anyway, but that's just another subject. Anyway, we settled on um, one that is not a reverse osmosis, but leaves the minerals, which, uh-huh. uh, which are good for us intact. And what I had learned about reverse osmosis is that it, your body then becomes the negative flip side, if you will, of the reverse osmosis system because you're taking in something without minerals. And, and according to what I read, and this is what I want to ask you about, um, it kind of drives electrolytes out of your body to to try to balance the acidic water that's coming in. Is that a is that a concern? Well, I think it is, and um, the 
you know what is what happens is anytime you have a semi-permeable membrane and you're not applying energy to it uh minerals and things that are capable of penetrating that membrane are always going to move from an area of higher concentration to an area of lower concentration so as you were so correctly observing when you put water on one side of a membrane that has less of a given permeable uh mineral it's always going to move out into that other side and chances are it may get flushed out of your body now um depending on your diet and i know you guys are pretty careful about eating a good diet you may be replacing the minerals in your body to where that is not a real concern but on the other hand water with some minerals and it simply tastes better um, I know, you know, at Shades of Green, we don't like drinking a lot of chlorine, so we pay to have them, you know, deliver to us a bunch of those uh, five-gallon bottles of water, which are probably produced by reverse osmosis, but then they go back and put a mineral package into it because most people complain that it, the water didn't taste good when the fact is the the more honest statement will be no that water tastes different and yes it does taste different because it doesn't have the minerals in it so um again if you're eating a good diet i doubt that you're really harming yourself especially you know and um if you take i take a handful of supplements i'm not one of these guys that pops you know 20 different pills every morning but um I, I think sometimes it's good to supplement when you reach a certain age, and we won't talk about that, <laughs> but uh, your, your, your body becomes less efficient at conserving some of the minerals you need, and I would let that play into the equation, too, but... Um, and that's a long answer to a short question. Uh, yes, I, I do think it is a bit of a problem that you have no minerals in the water, but uh, it just really depends on your diet as to whether that's a health risk for you. I think that would be a safe statement to make. Does that make sense? Well, the, yes, it does. The, the uh-oh moment came from the last 14 years that we spent as a not-too-far-distant neighbor of yours. Right. As you know, we had a rainwater system there, and, of course, uh-huh. I loved I loved the taste of the water, which was really t- tasteless water <laughs> when you think about it. Right. But um, I, I had a comprehensive blood uh, analysis done a couple of, well, just about the time we moved. And I was low on folate and serine and some other things that, and I shouldn't have been on folate because we eat a lot of kale and dark sure. green leafy vegetables and all the other stuff that has uh, folate in it. And that I always thought that was really odd, and it occurred to me that maybe uh, that was those two are, are related somehow. But anyway, um, uh, thank you for the answer, and and I'll just observe in closing. I was listening to you talk about blackberries, and the blackberries that we like the best, or I like the best anyway, are the sweeter ones. Right, uh, eating I'm talking about, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, Again, not to dwell on age, but as as these things <laughs> progress, you seem to get more interested in things that keep you healthy. <laughs> and uh, one of the things I've learned and incorporated into our diet is that the not-so-sweet berries, raspberries and mm-hmm. and um, strawberries and so forth and so on, are actually uh, much better for you in terms of carbohydrates than the sweeter ones. And, of course, <laughs> we, we kind of go out of our way to work on the the sweetest blackberries or whatever but. well and and you know i 
again, you have to consider the sources. Raspberries are good. They're tasty. They're a little bit tartar, but I don't, I've never seen an analysis as to, you know, whether they are supposedly better simply because they're lower in sugar and most folks consume too much sugar or whether they actually produce more of things that are beneficial to us. It's such a complex subject and I wish I were qualified to talk more about it, but you know, a lot of the different necessary things that we need to have in our diet our our absorption of those depends not you know just on what they are but the so-called cofactors that go along with them i mean people that just take vitamin c are totally wasting their time if they don't have the proper cofactors along with it and that goes for a lot of other things i know you guys come to san antonio periodically um when you're in town sometime, go by Rhonda's Nature's Way. They're open Monday through Saturday. I've got that on my list to do. And sure. they are so knowledgeable. If you get a chance to talk to Rhonda Bone herself, or you may talk to her daughter-in-law, she is far more, as an old aunt of mine used to say, conversant on the subject. And uh, I know the basics, and uh, you and I both know how important exercise is. And there are just so many different things that play into you know, <laughs> remaining healthy and active for uh, for a long, long time in life, and uh, I think maybe I think all we would all do would do well to go find somebody who's 102 years old and still very many mentally competent and say, "Hey, what are you doing?" I I attended some. Um, they always say whiskey every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, there's nothing wrong with that, but I thought it was interesting, and and I've always thought that you know the quality of water played some part in it a uh, couple of uh, political things that i attended uh you know uh, in fact it, there were a couple of debates that i thought would be interesting to hear and they both were but uh the um it happened to be the republican party of kendall county that put on these debates and both times they made the comment that i think in kendall county in the last election we had it was either eight or twelve people i think it was twelve people over a hundred years old vote and i think it was eight of those people went to the polling place to vote so i figure there's something pretty good in our hill country water and in the vegetables we grow up in that part of the world and all if we have that many folks who are not just living but uh i love uh, and you're the music man i love that jimmy buffett line i'd rather die while i'm living than live while i'm dead we got a lot of people around that are functioning very well 80 90 100 years old and uh i think we have a, as, as my dermatologist says you know good genetics are are really important but uh lifestyle good water lots of other things play into that equation so uh I appreciate your sharing things that you learn with me as you go, and uh, we'll sure look forward to well, visiting I, with you guys. I'm getting uncomfortably close to those groups that you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> just, a quick, just a quick note, I, and I'm sure you know this, but uh, of, of great importance to all of us is the passage of the 2018 Farm Bill by oh, yeah. the U.S. Congress, which uh, declassifies industrial hemp as a, as a Category 1 narcotic real big news let's just hope that texas gets on board with uh, with with what can be accomplished now well i hope so and i know that um 
Um, I don't have the ear of the Texas uh, Ag Secretary, but maybe I will one of these days. I do know some people in the department, but, uh, boy, when I talk to people like Dr. Kirby and hear of all the things that they are seeing, uh, all the things that he is seeing and the help that it has given various animals, we're talking about CBD oil, of course, whether or not you choose the the forms of marijuana that have the – the uh, other agents in them or not, there is just no doubt that CBD oil can play a big, big role in health. And, uh, you know, I hear Sean Ryman talk about it all the time, but uh, what people should be aware of is there is a great variation in the quality and the purity and the strength. And uh, I would tell people who are, you know, getting into that sort of thing, always check the source. But like you, I am, I'm very, very pleased that, uh, there, there were more than one good thing in the farm bill this year. And I sure I'm glad Congress chose to pass it. Yes. Thank you, Bob. Always good to hear your voice, Robert. Give, uh, give the pups a pet and your sweet wife a hug. And I will look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, kindly. Thank you, sir. Bye. All right, let's get back to gardening, and um, I'm going to talk right now to Margaret. Good morning, Margaret. Well, good morning. That conversation you had with Robert was so interesting and enjoyable, so I wish I had a little something more to present. But (laughs) (laughs) Well, Robert's an interesting guy, and uh, we didn't even get into the subject of music. That man knows more about music and musicians than anybody I know of in Texas, which is why I moved to Austin. But uh, interesting guy, former neighbor of mine, and always a pleasure to visit with, so I'm glad you enjoyed it. Well, you know, we love listening to Howard Garrett. Maybe every once in a while you can have Robert on, too. (laughs) Well, he's probably listening, and I hope he's paying attention. Oh, well, my sort of mundane question is this. I bought a couple of flats of beautiful blooming pansies, and I put them in beautiful containers at my front door, which faces uh, east. Okay. And uh, uh, the plants themselves are robust and... The green part has just, oh, they're beautiful, but no flowers. So do I need to use Super Thrive or pull them out more from the stoop to to have better sun than that morning sun? I I didn't mean to interrupt you. I always put cyclamens there, and they loved it, but the pansies are just the most beautiful green plants I've ever seen. (laughs) I (laughs) I suspect they need more sun. I mean, you can you can always go to uh, you know a a fertilizer specifically for blooming plants. Uh, we have one we call uh, Color Essentials. Rose Glow is uh, one by Maestro Grow. Uh, the Fox Farms does a couple of blooming plant fertilizers. You want to be sure you have enough phosphorus and some other things in there but uh an abundance won't make them bloom better but a deficiency will keep them from blooming but big pansies i my suspicion is that you just don't have quite as much sun as they would like uh and the fact that uh, cyclamen did really well there for you before you know that kind of means that it is a little bit lower light my solution in you know in a situation like that and of course this is after the fact the first thing you want to do is get get that pot out in more sun and see if you can't get more flowers on them but if you love pansies and don't have as much sun go with the johnny jump ups go with the smaller members of the uh, pansy family 
and I like them. And they they do well with less sun than your bigger face pansies or your bigger flowered pansies do. And you know, back when I first got into the nursery business, there was one Johnny Jump Up out there. It was pretty. It was purple and yellow. But if you wanted a Johnny Jump Up, that's the one you settled for. Today there are you know easily twenty, probably more like thirty or forty different kinds of Johnny Jump Ups and. Uh, it was funny, my business partner was getting ready to plant a pot, and she said, you have to look at this new variety, and I don't even remember what it was, but it was so dark purple that it was black, and then it had other area of it that were just a rich, glowing, deep, deep purple. She was mixing that with uh, a different Johnny Jump Up that was pure white with some large purple splotching in it, putting some white alyssum around the edge of that. And she has she has beds that sound very much like yours. They don't get the hot afternoon sun, but they get pretty much full morning sun. And I have to tell you, her Johnny Jump Ups are absolutely gorgeous. So begin by getting those pansies out in more sun. And now it's not going to be overnight. It's probably going to be four to six weeks before you really see the effects of more sunlight. Uh, but the other option is to, um, you know, plant your pansies somewhere else to get more sun and maybe just go ahead and uh, switch them out. And I, I planted Johnny Jump Ups in front of my new greenhouse probably, oh, three or four weeks ago. And they just, you would not believe how much those plants have grown. I put a, uh, oh, a shade structure over that, an arbor over that, partly for hail protection and partly just for aesthetics and created a nice rock patio underneath. So my Johnny Jump Ups don't get full sun either, but, man, they are in full bloom. So that, that to me, long explanation for a short question, but uh, if you love the look of pansies but you don't have enough uh, sun to have the big flowers, Johnny Jump Ups are just like a miniature pansy, and I've gotten to where I like them better than pansies because each individual plant will have about five times as many blooms open on it as any one time, and there is such an amazing array of colors. I mean, we're talking about purple and white, but they come brilliant yellow. They come orange. They come kind of a mahogany color. They come about six different shades of blue. Uh, you just wouldn't believe all the different colors Johnny Chump Ups come in these days. And like to say, they will get by with less uh, with less life than well, your big I, flowers. I look forward to making that change, but I'll come by uh, in a little bit and get the uh, the flowering fertilizer. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's fair to take up too much time, for example, and not call back on, on the Dr. Kirby part. But maybe you could ask him to bring up the CBD again. Pets. He takes care of a 15-year-old dog for me uh, twice a week with the cold laser who gave up walking a year ago in October, and now the dog jumps up in the car and, oh, yeah. uh, and, 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 and loves going to Dr. Kirby's and sees Dr. <laughs> Aldridge, too, and rags. And, I mean, it's the most fabulous practice there, all the wonderful people that well, work in the front. You know, and it's so funny to me because my, my lab, Hannah's the same way. So many dogs start trembling and don't want to go through the door. Oh, no. Hannah drags me through the door to get back and see Ryan and, and Dr. Kirby and all of her friends back there. But I, I will. He's sitting over in the producer's room right next to me here. And, uh, you know, we'll, I, I'd like to know the application for a 15-year-old dog. Uh, my dog, uh, Bandit, if I don't watch the lease, he strolls on back there, and then I have to run back and bring him back from that door to the back. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, as you say, his friends are there, and uh, 
the excellent cares there. But I'm not familiar with the CBD, but I will tell you, and it, it, I guess we can talk about it on your part because it is a plant situation, but I have friends in Colorado that use that on their mm-hmm. neuropathy feet from the, the old way they oh, yeah. used to do the chemo treatment. And it, fabulous results. Uh, we don't have that availability here. But, we we um, will. I think we oh, will okay. in the, uh, I hope we will. And at the very least, uh, the one thing, and, and again, I, I have not had as many calls as usual today. I think people are just just busy doing other things so i don't mind taking a little bit more time with it but well um, i apologize for that well don't don't apologize but let, let me tell you what this farm bill did and you know we talk about places where marijuana recreational but all forms of hemp have been legalized like colorado and oregon and i know there are others i i'm i'm probably the biggest nerd in the world cause I've never tried marijuana in my entire life, but um, even though it was legalized by state law in some of these other places, it was still against federal law. And technically, you could be prosecuted for transporting or using or whatever in any form. But what this, uh, as I understand it, what the change in the Farm Bill has done has removed the federal uh, condemnation of marijuana for uh, for medicinal uses in effect, and that's certainly what CBD oil is. CBD oil is the non, doesn't have the um, narcotic effect, if you will, that uh, the THC, which is the other portion of the oil that is not present in CBD oil. But Dr. Kirby has made the point, and I won't steal his thunder. I'll let him talk about this as we go into the pet show. But uh, there are so many people out there producing this, and the quality varies enormously. I always remember one time, uh, you know, being in the back of an ice cream store, and they had a sign up that said something to the effect of, uh, uh, "There are there's very, there are very few things that somebody can't make a little more poorly and sell a little cheaper." And people who consider price alone are this person's fair prey. But I think that goes for a lot of things. And when you deal with, uh, and Dr. Kirby's been dealing in CBD oil, although with many questions about its legality for a long time, those were largely removed by the State Veterinary Association. So uh, um, (laughs) he sells it over the counter now, so to speak, as well as under the counter. But he always talks about the importance of knowing your source. And I would be very careful with mail order sources unless you know them to be people who you know provide the the testing and everything else on it but yeah i will happily ask him about it and you feel free to call back i'll ask a couple other questions bandits 15 uh a male dog yes yeah he's an australian kelpie and um he goes there twice a week and uh dr kirby got him walking again with yeah well that 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 cold cold laser is is amazing therapy as is the uh veterinary orthopedic manipulation the vom that they do somewhat but we'll get him we'll get him talk a little bit about uh how how much uh or how little cbd oil might help and i I don't think this particular dog is his only wonder case because as i (laughs) am such a regular customer there i see dogs limp in there's a doberman pincher named scarlet and you know they're walking in uh, and, and they're running out, you yep. know, they're just, uh, he's just doing such a fabulous job with hundreds of dogs there. Oh, yeah. And, uh, 
you know, I'm so glad he's in San Antonio. I thank you for the time, and I'll head over and get that fertilizer that I Well, needed. we'll look forward to helping you. And, uh, you know, I, it does sound like a miracle. I wish I wish that there were therapies that would help every puppy dog out there because, as I jokingly say, I like my animals better than I like a lot of people in this world, especially politicians. But, uh, oh. uh, I, you know, it's it, not every animal can be helped, and Dr. Kirby would well, be the first right. one to tell you that. But... Uh, He's by far, in a way, the the most capable veterinarian I've ever known. And I have that conversation off the air pretty often with people. So you get out, and you have a wonderful Thank holiday you. season, Margaret. And I'll get Thank Dr. You. Kirby to Thank talk about you. it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Let's finish up the phone calls today with Beverly. Good morning, Beverly. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Um, I have a question about an orange tree. Okay. We we put it in the ground, and it has really started to grow. We put Christmas lights on it to when it was really going to be cold. We had sweet oranges for almost three years. Uh-huh. Now, for the last three years, they've been extremely sour. Is there anything we're going to be able to put on that, or is that tree just reverted back? Uh, it sounds to me like you've had a lot. You've had the rootstock grow out which is um which is diminished production from what we call the scion the part that it was grafted to is it frozen back at any point yes the top was frozen back for sure yeah and now it has big thorns where it didn't used to have big thorns (laughs) yes yeah what you're looking at is the root stock and it is very appropriately named sour orange um there are a couple of options um you might go, uh, Fanix every spring has a grafting seminar okay. and you, you have a big healthy tree. You have a big healthy rootstock. And I mean, you could do something fun here if you wanted to go to the trouble. Uh, you could graft a lemon, a Myers lemon onto one branch. You could graft a, uh, you know, a Miho Satsuma on one another branch. You graft a Sito Satsuma on another branch. You graft a Mexican lime on still another branch. Uh, you can turn this back into a productive tree. Now, is there any portion of the tree left that doesn't have the big thorns that still produces a good sweet orange? I, I, no, there, it's all okay. sour now. Then you've got just one big rootstock plant, and the op- option is either regraft it with varieties you like or get a new tree. Okay, Bob, it's almost, I want to say, um, it's probably 15 foot tall. Would mm-hmm. I cut that back drastically? Or? Well, it depends on how you want to do the grafting. I would not cut it back until the time that you graft. Okay. But uh, there is a grafting procedure, which we call cleft grafting, where you can actually graft a small little you know, start onto a limb that's six inches in diameter. Okay. Um, so there's whip grafting, there's cleft grafting, there's many, there are many different kinds of grafting that you can do, but don't be cutting on it until you decide what you want to do with it. Okay, well, I, we're familiar with Vanix, and I will definitely go take a class. Yeah, they do. We don't, that's one seminar we don't do because... Quite uh, honestly, not as many people are interested in grafting, but I know Mark and Mike get somebody good over there. So watch for it. I'll try to tell you when I hear about it. Okay. Thanks a lot, Bob. Thank you, Beverly. Goodbye.